Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Here is your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof, a nationally recognized health educator, author of the award-winning book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, and creator of the Talk Puberty app. Thanks for agreeing to be interviewed on the Puberty Prof Podcast. I want to introduce, this is a wonderful former middle school student of mine from New York, Amanda, and she agreed to be interviewed. So a couple of reminders, we have some rules to follow during the interview. You have the right to pass on any question, you can get back to questions, ask for clarification, and you have the right to have fun. Let's have some fun here and to be mindful that people of a variety of ages might be listening. To start off, do you want to say just a general hi, hello? Hi, everyone. My name's Amanda. It's so exciting to be on the Puberty Professor podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Amanda. So my first question for you is, what memories do you have about puberty and growing up? It was kind of a roller coaster. There were some things that were really good and really exciting about it. There are other things that weren't so great, that were hard, and that took a lot of therapy to uh to overcome Um, okay well how about some of the good let's start with the good what were some of the stuff that like you'd like to share the positive stuff chance to grow up was always very exciting it was always uh puberty was always something that i thought of as a time to come into my own to uh, change, to grow out of my childlike self and become an adult and figure out who you want to be in the world and what you like. And that was really exciting to me to not be a kid anymore, to be a grown woman and to make my own identity and that's a journey, and that was always really exciting and something that I look forward to. So did you enjoy becoming more responsible as you were going through adolescence? I did. Um, that's hard. Sometimes you learn by a lot of error, and you get in trouble, and you get in situations that aren't so great and you learn some tough lessons but in the end that makes you who you are Uh, you learn from your failures and you learn from your mistakes and in many cases you repeat them and you repeat them multiple times but eventually things start to click and uh, you get multiple chances the road is long. So does that infer some of the stuff that you said were challenging during adolescence or about puberty? What were some of those things? I think a lot of it was the unknown. Sometimes the environment was hard. 
where I grew up and where you taught was not always the nicest place. Sometimes the kids could be really mean. There was sometimes a lot of peer pressure and people gossiped and people teased and there was a lot of bullying and that made growing up really hard and that's what makes the middle school years very challenging and in many ways I'm glad that those days are in the past and long behind me but that was not one of the easiest things about growing up. I'm sorry about that. And I know that usually bullying situations occur the most in middle school mm-hmm. and people are trying to figure out who they are. And we recognize sometimes people are victims and people choose to bully. They're trying to figure it out, but we need to put things in place in the schools where everybody feels safe. Right. People are bullied very very often. The bullies themselves are the ones who are bullied. So it's sort of a vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. Just out of curiosity, was there anything specific like physically about puberty that you felt was a challenge or that you enjoyed? I enjoyed being able to go shopping and realizing I need to buy new clothes. I have a figure. When you have a childhood body, sometimes there's body fat and Once you go through puberty, that looks a little different. And that was exciting to see when you're able to buy bras for the first time. And when you have hips, you can wear different kinds of bathing suits. That was super exciting. Really, I loved going to the mall the first time I went through puberty. That was an adventure. Just a chance to be able to say, hey, I'm an adult right now. My body is physically able to reproduce. That's an exciting time. I have good memories of that. Was there anything that you're like, oh, I got to deal with this? Anything about the physical stuff of puberty? I think getting used to having a period was something that that was a challenge I definitely had situations where I didn't have tampons on me or I didn't have maxi pads and I was wearing white jeans at the time. And that was super embarrassing. That was something that I had to get used to. And then I learned not to wear white jeans and I had a very heavy flow and I I had to be very prepared. I was definitely in situations where it was, oh, what am I going to do? I don't have a tampon on me. Who can I call or how how can I get one? I think when I teach children about going through puberty and the changes, I've heard from Uh, the concern about getting the the menstrual cycle the first time or any time. And it's about, say, if I get it and I'm wearing white jeans, white pants, and I don't have anything, it's not so often, but it can happen. And then it's like, what do you do? What do you do? I will say, if you're in a school setting, please ask to go to the nurse. 
I remember as a health teacher, I would have students be able to come into my classroom and say, like whisper in my ear, I need a, a pad. And I would be able to get them one and I'd put it in an envelope or whatever. And I'd make up an excuse. Oh yeah, go and give this to your teacher. And so they can always get one for me. We were allowed to give out pads. We weren't allowed to give out tampons. So schools usually have places that they can go and get something. So if you're listening to this and you're like, what do I do? Please remember the nurse, your health teacher, that kind of thing. Also, a physical education teacher might have supplies in their in their office. How did you learn about puberty? You. <laughs> your class. Um, I learned so many valuable lessons from your class. That was the funnest topic to talk about, to teach on, because I know that we would have, you know, you can create a T-chart, uh, what are things that all children basically go through, what are things that most boys go through and most girls go through. And we always had rules that we created or expectations that we had to be respectful to one another and that you were free to ask questions. And what we talked about was supposed to stay in the room. You were very good at creating a safe environment and making the students feel comfortable. The kids had a lot of questions you uh, made the students feel comfortable to ask the questions. Oh, you're so kind. You, know, you're you so were kind. very clear that there were no stupid questions. Because honestly, a lot of the kids are embarrassed and they don't want to ask questions. Mm -hmm. They feel judged. And I find, you know, it's like, it's, it's your body. I remember in one class, I don't think it was your class but it was a sixth grade class. And there were some children that knew a lot because it's like their parents went over a lot of things. And then there were some children that weren't taught anything. And there was a, a boy, I'm not saying any names or anything, that had asked the question, I think I'm still wetting my bed. Is, you know, should I be concerned about that? And I was like, oh, nocturnal emission. Most likely you're having a nocturnal emission, which is a wet dream. And he was like, oh, okay. And then I think he went and he like went to throw something out of front, you know, typical fifth and sixth grade behaviors kind of thing. You know, like um, he like, he, he just like started like looking at his friend and, you know, they were goofing off a little bit, but it just showed that he felt comfortable to ask questions and nobody laughed at him. Nobody. It was like, yeah, this is a, a natural thing that happens. So and what you do is you go and clean your pajamas, you clean up the sheets, and you can say, hey, I'm trying to be more responsible in the house. A lot of people are embarrassed to ask the question. Like, I worried when I asked questions, a lot of people were going to laugh at me. And middle school was already a hostile environment, and I was always worried about being bullied, and I didn't want a situation where... A question I asked to be the reason why people bullied me, but it was so great to have teachers like you who created safe environments and made this boy feel safe about asking a question. Because another thing that we try to do in the health classroom is we try to have those anonymous questions. And so you would actually, like, I think that was a homework assignment too, where you had to come in and just have a piece of paper and hand it in. No names are on it. Those are some of the ones I collected over the years to put into my book, The Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. So those are some of the questions too that are on the Talk Puberty app. Another question, did you talk with a caregiver, a parent about the topic? Do you remember any of that? And you have the right to pass. Mm, 
my mom gave me a book. She gave me a book to answer. I think it was called Growing Up and Liking It. Okay. Or, or something like that. She handed me a book. That felt less embarrassing. Um, I had older parents. Okay. And um, it was, and I was an only child, so it was um, harder to talk about these things. I was often embarrassed. And uh, when my dad found out I got my period, I remember being really embarrassed. I said, Mom, don't tell Daddy. I don't want Daddy to know. And I think that's always the adolescence for girls sometimes their father, it's weird to be around their father. It can be, it can feel like they're intruding or it's easier to discuss these things with peers because mm-hmm. otherwise you know, they feel very ancient and they feel removed. So um, that's why I liked having a class that was a safe space. I'm glad. Thank you. So what was your favorite part about growing up? And I don't know if you already answered this or do you want to answer it differently? Uh, the chance to make to make new friends. Some of my friends from middle school, I still keep in touch with to this day. My best friend in the whole wide world is somebody I met growing up. We, we still talk at least three times a day. And I think wow. when you're... When you're growing up, you have it's a, it's a great time to meet friends who you can grow up together with and share life experiences. And even to this day, when we're talking, when we're zooming, when we hang out, we just randomly start talking about people we grew up with and sharing memories from middle school. And it's nice knowing you have others who can share your experiences and help reflect on that. Wonderful. Wonderful. And after we're done, I'm going to inquire who that person is, if you don't mind sharing that. But um, how about your least favorite part about growing up? A lot of it was competition, like in town on Long Island. I'd say it's a fairly wealthy neighborhood. There's a lot of emphasis on material goods, just pressure to have designer jeans and pressure to be a certain size and pressure to be athletic and not to mention be at the top of your class and get into the best possible school and be in every extracurricular activity. And that was really hard and really anxiety provoking. And that leaves you with a feeling like, wow, I'm not good enough. I'm not first in my class. I'm going to disappoint somebody. I'm not, I'm not meeting people's standards. And very often standards are arbitrary and not a measure of things. It's funny when I think back of who you were, because I remember you so clearly and also like the eighth grade trip and all, you just were a ray of sunshine. Thank you. You didn't mind having like that goofy part shown, but then that serious part. And you also, to me, always had compassion for others. 
Thank you. It's nice that nice that you have my have those memories of me, and I'd like to think I like to think they haven't gone in a way. I like to think <laughs> those qualities were nurtured. I think they have, from what I get a sense from talking with you. So regarding those challenging times or those more positive times, what advice or recommendations do you have for someone going through puberty and adolescence? Keep a positive attitude. There are going to be good days. There are going to be not so good days. But the, the road is long. And the good thing about growing up, there's plenty of time to make mistakes. You do get a second chance. And even if you get in trouble a few times, you'll you'll most likely be forgiven. Well you get you get a second chance. And that's what's special about growing up. Once you get into the real world, you find that it's not as forgiving sometimes. But when you're younger people expect you to make mistakes and it's okay to fail eventually you'll have another try and it's okay if you don't do a hundred percent on your first time so that if you made a mistake you must have had some really strong coping skills too were there anything like any coping skills in particular that helped you with either the challenges because you even inferred the bullying before you didn't infer it. You flat out said you felt bullied at times, but what are some of the coping mechanisms or recommendations there? I think it has to do with finding your happy place, finding things that you enjoy. I had a dog growing up and that was always, that always was happy. I think by cultivating hobbies that are really positive for you by finding things that give back in a way that are gratifying. Um, For some people, it's sports. For some people, it's art. For some people, it's theater. But whatever it is, and it could be stamp collecting. It could be some things people enjoy, other people may not enjoy. But I think it's about finding something for you that's really gratifying and gives back. Growing up, in addition to a time to cultivate friends, it's also a time to cultivate hobbies. Like It's a time to cultivate art. Of course, chances are you're not going to take art lessons when you're an adult, or you're not going to have the opportunity to play team sports. It's easier to develop that as a youngster. Um, it's mm-hmm. harder. Like you don't see too many 35-year-olds who take up piano. These are <laughs> things that it's shown that you develop when you're younger. Okay. Um, so I think it's it's a good time to explore new hobbies and with an instrument or sports. And that can once you can escape and immerse yourself and do something that that brings you enjoyment like that's a good counter to the things you experience that may not may not be so great okay so what do you recommend teachers or schools to do regarding that social aspect of potential bullying that's a tough question i wish i knew the answer but i think it has to do with having a policy of not tolerating 
Zero tolerance, yeah. Yeah, speaking out of it. And sometimes teachers can unintentionally perpetuate bullying by rewarding the bullies. I think just becoming conscious of that, having trainings, having sensitivity um, forums, I think that's helpful, but um, certainly not perpetuating it because school systems unintentionally perpetuate it. And just having an understanding of what bullying is. Mm -hmm. They don't realize that a lot of things schools do can be considered bullying. It's interesting you say that because I know as I grew as a teacher, I began to understand we ask people not to partake in that bullying behavior, but we don't define it. And we do have to define what's the difference between joking, teasing, and bullying, because there's a fine line at times. At times, other times it's so like apparent, but, and we need adults and bystanders or upstanders to also recognize and help out. Like, even if that means going Mm -hmm. to a teacher or a coach or something like that, going to the topic of puberty, and other growing up stuff, what advice do you recommend or do you have for parents and caregivers of children? Just be supportive. It's the most important thing is that kids feel supported by their families. I think parents need to create safe spaces for them. Parents need to make their children feel comfortable and let them explore. Just be supportive, stay informed, and know the facts. Excellent. Okay. Anything else you'd like to add to let people know about? Thank you. Just thank you for the opportunity to be on this podcast. Thank you for the great work that you do. And Thank you for being a really great role model and doing this great work and making me feel so comfortable then and now. Actually, I have to thank you because there's something, and I just got some tears in my eyes, there's something about having the privilege of working with young people and connecting with them because, and thanks to the Facebook, you know, like I've made some of these connections and I still remember so much. And that was like what year was that? <laughs> that was over 20 years. That was more than 20 years ago because in middle school, what you're 12, 11. So that was so long ago, but to have those connections and I feel so blessed. I truly do just because it helped me grow as a person, helped me grow as a teacher. And I know that you were always so kind to me and I appreciate you very much. So I appreciate you being on here. Would you like to take that challenge, that last silly thing that I had written down for you about attempting to say Puberty Prof Podcast three times fast? Puberty Prof Podcast. Puberty Prof Podcast. Puberty Prof Podcast. Excellent job. That was a tongue twister. Well, I thank you so much. And I truly appreciate you again. I really do, Amanda. So thanks for being willing to be interviewed. I was looking forward to this. And again, I feel blessed. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. This concludes my interview with wonderful Amanda.
I thank you, all of you listeners, for listening in. And if you have any comments or questions, please go to pubertyprof.com and complete one of those comment boxes. I thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a happy and healthy day. Thank you for listening to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Did you enjoy this episode? Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow the Puberty Prof on Twitter or Instagram. The Puberty Prof, Lori Reichel, wants to hear from you. Go to pubertyprof.com or click on the link in this episode's description. There you can find more information, as well as ask questions to be answered by the Puberty Prof in a future episode. That's pubertyprof.com. Also, remember to check out the Talk Puberty app and the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. Until next time, this is the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics.